0: See, this is my therapy, guys. This podcast is my therapy. If it wasn't for this, I'd be out there beating up kids. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, what's going on, everyone? It's happening again. Yep again we're doing this once again how many times can I say again One, two, three. Three times I said again again can you believe it episode freaking seven I honestly wasn't sure if we'd make it to a seventh or even a fifth episode I know I jumped out the gate with an episode um, to calm my nerves kind of scared to do this originally uh, then I recorded a couple to learn the lay of the land and and how to how to do this podcasting thing, where to click, what to highlight, what to delete, what to keep, all that baloney. And um, but then the next couple, I, I I truly was afraid that you'd lose interest in me. I mean, I I think it's natural to have some fears, but I mean, I also think that I'm one of the most interesting guys in the world then again, I also thought I was going to play in the NBA <laughs> and I don't think any of us are wondering if that happened or not. Are we anybody wondering if I, uh, if I went pro in basketball? No. Well, if you're curious, uh, just remember that my mother is Filipino. So Google the average height of a Filipino and and maybe that might clear up uh Clear up the gray area if you're wondering if your boy J. Mai ever played professional basketball or not. <laughs> but seriously, a quick thank you again for coming back. If you're listening to this episode, then there's um there's a good chance you listen to the other six. And uh, that's all I could ask for. So thanks again. Um, anyway, uh, let's dive into the seventh installment of this train wreck that I like to call the kind of kidding podcast with Jeremiah. Shall we? I just made a joke about my mom being Filipino and and the average height of a Filipino being pretty being pretty short, I guess, in comparison to the rest of the world. But I kid you not, I I honestly thought that I was going to be a professional athlete. I um I would go out every day and and practice my jump shot, make sure my layups were clean, you know, make sure I'd never miss a free throw. I mean, I was I was truly, truly, truly dedicated to the sport of basketball. And, you know, when you go to school and your teachers are like, what do you want to be when you grow up? What do you want to be when you grow up? And you have people that are like, I'm going to be a policeman. I'm going to be a firefighter. I'm going to be in the military. I'm going to be a pilot. I'm going to be the president of the United States. Little Jeremiah said, I'm going to be an NBA basketball player. And no one laughed at the kid that wanted to be the president. And no one laughed at the kid that wanted to be a firefighter. But everybody chuckled at the kid that wanted to be an NBA ball player. And I just couldn't figure out why that was so funny. Like is dreaming to be an athlete hilarious? Is that not something to strive for? Should you not want to spend the rest of your life getting paid to play a sport that you enjoy organically? I I think it wasn't until I don't know, probably high school that I realized or no, maybe not even high school, maybe a little bit before. When you start, you know, really learning where basketball players are from and the countries that they're from, or when you watch uh um, what is it? Um, the Olympics, and you have USA versus Spain, and you have Greece versus Argentina, and you know, you have all these countries playing each other, and you you're, you know, as a as a little, you know, half white, half Filipino kid, you're wondering, like, okay, cool. Well, I'm always gonna root for the USA, but where are the Philippines at? Where's the Philippines? Do they have a team? Are they good? Like, what about them? And then you realize that there are no Filipinos in the NBA. (laughs) (laughs) And then when you realize there's no Filipinos in the NBA, you start at least looking for people that look like you, and they're not in the NBA. And then it becomes very clear that you're not going to the NBA. <laughs> you are too small to compete at a, at, a, at a world-class level. And it's not because you're not a good shooter. And it's not because your layups aren't dope. And it's not because you're a 100% free throw shooter. It, you're too short. <laughs> I guess what I'm trying to say is my mother supported every dream I ever had except the one about being an NBA basketball player. Because even she knew there was no hope for me. I have the Filipino gene. And the NBA was not something I was ever going to make it to. <laughs> now, nursing, on the other hand, my Filipino gene had me working it at every hospital in America. And if I just would have tapped into that and not been Poisoned with the stigma that nurses are for women. I wouldn't be in this financial situation I'm at now where I have to do a podcast in my fucking garage. I'd actually have a studio. (laughs) So, mom, listen. You needed to be harder on me when I told you nursing was for women. This is all your fault, ma. All your fault. I still love you. But you should have tried harder to make me a nurse. Mahal kita, ma. I'm just saying, you you sh- you, sh- you could have done more, okay? Where was I? <laughs> I know I joke around a lot about my Filipinoness. Um Is that a word? Filipinoness? I say things about being bad at gambling because I'm I'm Filipino. I, I mentioned having a good ear for bad karaoke because of the Asian blood pumping through my veins and 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 telling you I have superpowers because I can identify if rice is Jasmine rice or not, or or if it's, you know, boxed Uncle Ben's rice from the discount shelf at the grocery outlet. Um, I, I say all this and you believe it's lighthearted and fun. And, and you would say, ah, oh, Jeremiah, great joke. You're just kidding. Well, fun fact. They're not jokes. This is my fucking life. And if I ever wanted to join you on the curb yelling how silly I'm being and 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 point and laugh at the funny things, I couldn't cause after this week, every day, I'm reminded that my pride is actually my curse. and here's why March madness college basketball's biggest tournament, one of the biggest gambling opportunities there is. And guess who participated? Me. And guess who won a shit ton of money? Not me. (laughs) And I'm not going to go into detail and try to explain to you the logic behind what I did. I mean, I'm not going to tell you that I bet on one of the number one teams to beat one of the number 16 teams you know, the, the locked-in favorite to beat the guys that just barely made it in. I'm not even going to tell you how I put some money on the guarantee because if I tell you that and then I told you that the guarantee lost, it would just hurt my feelings for you to know that. And I'm not going to tell you that the favorite to win the entire tournament was the guys that I put the, was the, was were the ones that I put the money on and they lost. Because if I tell you that, it'll make me feel like an idiot. And I'm not even going to mention the fact that there's a team in the tournament who um, didn't even win their conference game and they just squeaked in off some weird rules. So they weren't even supposed to be there. So I'm not going to tell you that I bet on the other team that was playing them because there was no way that they could possibly lose this game. Um, And then I'm not even going to tell you that they lost. Nope. I am not going to say any of that to you. So, uh, So yeah, we're just going to have to leave that alone for a while. Let's just say that after this week, I've pretty much doubled down on my Asian Pacific Islander credentials. And I've really, really solidified my place in the culture. So uh, so thank you, March Madness. Thank you, college basketball. Um, you really, really came through for me this time. And, uh, and yeah, I, I appreciate it. I really do. But that's depressing. So let's move on to some things that don't depress me. Let's talk about You know what? Let's talk about my mom. I love my mom. I I know I know I've talked a lot about my dad. I just I just love that guy so much. The amount of respect I carry for him is hard to quantify in words. But as incredible of a man as he is, I I wouldn't I wouldn't be the man I am today without my mom. Uh, people forget or or I guess many people don't really know, uh, that my dad has probably 13 desert tours under his belt with the military. Uh, most of those weren't quick deployments. A lot of them were for extended periods of time. Uh, not one week, not two weeks. I mean, we're talking months. Like 13 times my dad has gone somewhere to do a job And not come back for weeks on end. Um, And, you know, while he was off being a real life Captain America, in my eyes, uh, my sister and I were at home with my mother, um, our incredible mother. And it wasn't easy for her. Uh, We weren't exactly easy kids to raise. Uh, My sister and I were, we were at each other's throats quite often. I want to say in a loving way. I never hated my sister. I like to think she never hated me. I do have plans on interviewing my sister soon. Or maybe not even interviewing. I have plans on calling her and just chatting with her and might do that in a week or two, but I I guess we'll find out if she hated me. <laughs> what better way to tell your brother that you didn't like him than, you know, on his podcast. Breaking news. I hated you. It's going to be great. You guys should keep an eye out for that one but um what i'm saying is my sister and i we we spent a lot of time together as two people who spend so much time together you're bonded you're attached at the hip you do everything together but because you spend so much time together you really get on each other's nerves and there's no one around to deal with the temper tantrums other than our mother and the fact that we both survived those deployments and we were alive to wish my dad a welcome home is nothing short of amazing because we were some assholes. I can tell you that my mom would never say her kids were assholes. She's a very, um, she's a lot more loving of a person than, (laughs) than a lot of us are. She chooses her words more wisely. Um, she's very religious woman. So, She definitely walks a more righteous path than a lot of us do, but I'll just go on record and say it for her. Uh, Jessica and Jeremiah were a handful, and if she could have traded us in for better versions, I don't see a reason why she wouldn't have done so, because life would have been way easier if we would have just shut the fuck up. I mean, she lived a hard life, though. You got to realize my mom, my mom was born and raised in the Philippines. Then she moved to Spain. She was basically displaced her whole life, started over in another country after leaving the one that she was raised in. And then she leaves that country when she meets my dad and comes to the States in the, you know, early 80s late mid 80s i mean you think you think being a, a an asian or a pacific islander or you know an immigrant or a refugee or you know you, you think being any one of those in 2020 something is is rough i'm not, i'm not saying it's not rough but i could only imagine what it was like for someone like my mom in nineteen eighty something. I mean, I mean that's rough. That's that's tough. I mean just just Google. Google LA riots, that's terrible. But in Los Angeles in nineteen eighty something, there were some pretty tough things that were happening to Filipinos and you don't hear about that. And I don't know why. It's not a popular topic of discussion. You don't learn about that stuff, but it's important. And to be someone from that culture in America, when the climate was like that is hard. And to, to survive that and then have to deal with two shitheads like my sister and I, I mean, that's not a reward. (laughs) I mean, I'm not trying to turn this into a history lesson or a sob story or a, You know, everybody tell my mom how proud you are of her type of thing. But, you know, the point I'm trying to make is I was raised by a woman who was born with nothing and asked for nothing. But the children she's trying to raise want everything and for a short period of time felt entitled to everything. I mean, I don't know what it's like to raise kids who demand everything because my kids don't demand everything from me. I've, I, I think I've done a good job in explaining to them where they are right now and what they should be focusing on and how to work for the things they want or, or need. And I'm not saying my parents didn't do a good job in that, but I'm a military kid living overseas engulfed in, in the media Not like Facebook or Instagram or anything like that, but I'm on TV being force fed commercials telling me what I'm supposed to want. I mean, like I said, I'm an American that isn't in America. So I'm trying to keep up with Americans, like whatever they got, I need because that's what I, that's my, those are my quote unquote people. You got Nikes, I want Nikes. They got Levi's, I want Levi's. They got whatever, I need that dad, buy me this mom, buy me this. And my dad did his best to get me what I needed or what I wanted within reason. And my mom, she was, she kept it, you know, she kept it pretty straight. You know, you don't need that. Why you don't, why A I said, you don't need it. Okay, cool. I don't need it. <laughs> I always, <laughs> I always thought it was a trip, you know, being, being told what I didn't need. I was like, man, I'm pretty sure I know what I need, mom. Pretty sure. No, you don't need that. No, mom. No, no. I, I'm pretty sure that's what I need. I know what I need. It was only after about, you know, 20 or 30 times that I was convinced of what was important and what wasn't. Um, and you would think because my mother was so small that it would be hard for her to convince me of what I wanted. <laughs> But I'll uh, I'll just tell you right now that sometimes the smallest packages have the biggest influence, and um, you know these small packages are normally equipped with wooden spoons and and um, accuracy beyond measure when it comes to flinging shoes across the living room. So I learned really quickly what I needed in life, and uh, it was it was fun. It was fun learning those lessons. Oh, but you know what lessons I did need? I did need to learn how to cook because that's one thing living with a a Filipino mother. You learn really fast that cooking is it's important. You know, you you need to know how to whip up some some meals with virtually nothing like you need to be able to open that cupboard and see no ingredients and still walk out with a five star meal. That was my first introduction of real magic. The rabbit in the hat thing, the pick a card, the I could predict the future type of shit. That That's not magic. Magic is opening up a cupboard and seeing nothing. And then showing up at 630 and having an actual meal prepared, waiting. How she did it, I'll still never know. But I was able to pick her brain not too long ago when she was visiting for Christmas. Um, I said, Mom, can you please, can you please teach me how to make ponceit, and can you teach me how to make lumpia? Because those are two of my favorite foods. Uh, pancit is a noodle dish, and uh, lumpia is, you know, I, I hate saying it, but it, it, for visual purposes, it's like a egg roll from the Philippines. It's like a spring roll type of deal, but there's meat and some vegetables, and it's. Anyway, so it makes sense in your head. Lumpia looks like a spring roll. Google it. It's delicious. Uh, my point is, I said, hey, teach me how to make this. I know you showed me before, but teach me how. She goes, okay. So she starts whipping it up, and she starts doing it. And I was like, hey, slow down. Like, you have to tell me. I have to write this down. I need to be able to make this later. Like, what are the ingredients? And she goes, oh, the ingredients. Um, These are the ingredients. I said, okay. So we gathered up all the ingredients, and now we're ready to cook. And she goes, all right, this is where you do. You start here. You fill the wok up with oil. Uh, you put some oil in here. You cut up some of this garlic, or you, you prepare the garlic, cut up some of the onions, cut up the vegetables, get it all prepared, and then you start putting it in. I said, okay, well, it's pretty obvious what you do. You prepare the ingredients, and then you start putting it in. That's That's obvious but I need to know the recipe. She goes, what recipe? I said, mom, the recipe, the, the, the step-by-step. And she goes, oh, well, my recipes are, you know, I, I go, I don't have, I don't have them written down. And I said, so it's all in your head. And she goes, yeah, I've been doing this since I was a little girl. I said, okay, that's fair. Well, here you, you do it and I'll write it down. She goes, okay. So she starts making it. Now, my mom's recipes are all based on a a little of this and some of this and a handful of that, which is really annoying because we have different size hands. (laughs) You can't look at me and say, take your hand and grab a little of this with your fingers and put it here. And then just get a handful of onion. And then, you know, reach over here and grab a Grab a fistful of this. Your fistful is half of my fistful. If you tell me to grit a handful of carrot, I am crushing it with carrots. Like it's not fair. I need I need you to say half a cup. She goes, I I don't know if it's half a cup. Well, I need you to say a quarter of a cup. Well, I don't know if it's quarter of a cup. It's just it's just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> So, nothing is measured, is what I'm getting at. Our family Filipino food recipes are delicious. But if anyone other than my mother makes it, it will taste completely different. When my sister makes it, it's good. It's not my mom's. When I make it, it's good. It's not my mom's. If I go to a restaurant and they make the same dish, it's good, but it's not my mom's. It's just different. It just tastes different because it's, there's no measurements, you know, then when you call and ask what went wrong, you know, I I do it. I'm cooking it at home and she's already gone and I'm trying to make this dish later. And I call her and, and I, you know, I ask what went wrong. She tells me, Oh, well it's because what I do is based on feelings. (laughs) Said Based on feelings, like if you're happy, it's better. And if you're sad, it's not. She goes, no, it's based on how I feel. I said, what do you mean feel? She says, if I'm making it and I feel like it needs something else, I'll add that. I said, you got to be kidding me. I thought the recipe called for ground beef, carrot, cabbage, you know, onions, whatever, I thought it called for that. The recipe says for this. She goes, "Oh, yeah, 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 it does it does, but if I feel like it needs something else, I add that and I said, "Oh, well, thanks a lot, Mom. <laughs> I felt like screwing up this recipe, so guess what I did. I screwed it up." <laughs> So if you come to my house, you want Filipino food, you're going to get the Jeremiah version. It's not going to taste like home, but it's close enough. I don't actually know where I was going with this, but uh, I I guess what I'm I'm saying is I am who I am because my mother kept me on track. She told my sister and I how things were going to be in our day-to-day when my father wasn't there, and she held true to that. Now, whether it be, you know, raising her voice a little bit to get our attention. I mean, let's be honest. It's the 90s. Maybe she raised a little more than just her voice, but I'm grateful for it because if not for that, I don't know who I'd be right now. I might be out of control, you know, so I just want to I just want to quickly thank my mother for being the the angel that she is um, and helping me be, you know, help helping mold me into This, whatever this is, I'm pretty proud of this and I'm, I'm happy. Thank you. Thank you, ma, for, for doing this. (laughs) Um, speaking of asshole kids, would you believe me if I told you that I got a text message from a 13 year old boy who I don't know? And the text message says, fuck you. (laughs) Like. For real? That's text message etiquette for 13-year-olds these days, huh? And I'm not going to lie to you. My first my first instinct was to just flash. I wanted to just go super hard on this text message and try to remind, or not remind because I don't know this kid, but I wanted to tell this kid who I was. Do you know who I am? Do you know what I'm capable of? Have you read my bio? Do you know what in life I have done? And if you do, you know you can't talk to me like that. But then I remembered, and here's the most important part about this. I didn't do it. And here's why. I'm 39 years old. This kid is probably 13. (laughs) if this was your kid regardless of how he spoke to anybody and he got a response from a grown-ass man basically threatening his life you'd show up on my doorstep I promise you you would so I thought better about it and I hired some kids to beat him up at lunch just kidding did not happen (laughs) I didn't do it um no it's a total misunderstanding I guess he supposedly he texted me when he thought he was texting one of his buddies. He said the wrong thing. I let him know I wasn't who he thought he was texting. He apologized. We moved on. But my point is you're 13. You don't know who you're texting. You throw out the fuck you bomb. I mean, I didn't have these problems when I was 13. I didn't have text messaging. So I don't really know how to react When, when a kid flashes on me using the internet, like I'm glad I'm not, I don't have Twitter fingers and I'm out there throwing some random shit out into the world other than podcasting. I get it, but I'm not on the internet throwing something out there wild and obnoxious and then letting 13 year olds, you know, trash me. I can't handle it. Sometimes when a 40 year old tells me they don't like something about me, (laughs) how am I going to act when there's somebody that I I can physically handle? See, this is my therapy, guys. This podcast is my therapy. If it wasn't for this, I'd be out there beating up kids. <laughs> so thank you for letting me, uh, you know, clock in today and get this off my chest. Everyone's kid is safe because of this. You're doing a good thing by supporting this podcast, I promise. <laughs> All right, you got to change the subject before I get reported or canceled before I started. How did I get on the topic of? All right, switching gears. Uh, let me see. I wrote down a couple things. Give me. I don't really prepare for my podcast or my episodes. Well, okay, I prepare because I'm excited to do it every week. So I, I try to think of things that I want to mention or some ideas of things to touch on. But I, this isn't a well polished product, as you probably have figured out from now it's pretty <laughs> it's pretty all over the place right and i think that is good for me i i think that's i don't know i, I don't want to toot my own horn or anything but i kind of i kind of get a i kind of dig that it's a little raw and i won't say uncut because i do i do fix things but um it's it's not a hollywood production i mean there's no script really i don't I don't have 45 minutes of read this piece of paper and, and it'll be done. I, sometimes I make shit up as I go. Sometimes I have a great idea of what I want to tell you. And in the process of speaking into this microphone, I forget all of it. <laughs> and because I forgot all of it, I'm like scrambling, trying to remember something that I needed to tell you. And something else comes to mind. For real. Like I'm staring at this, uh, this note that I made on my cell phone. And I have things written down like coffee. Like coffee what? Why the fuck did I write coffee? Did I like it? Probably not. Was it disgusting? Maybe. But I don't remember the last time I drank coffee. So what is this word coffee? Why did I write coffee? I'm sure it would have been awesome. I have things written down like fifth grade teacher. Like, why would I write fifth grade teacher? What happened in my week where I felt I needed to remind myself of my fifth grade teacher? Was my fifth grade teacher super hot and I had a super big crush on her? I don't recall having a hot fifth grade teacher. In fact, my fifth grade teacher was not a hottie. I think her name was Miss Allen. Miss Allen, Vaillant Elementary School. Italy god she was awesome she was mean as fuck but she was awesome she um, oh you know what she was Shaquille O'Neal's teacher that's right but then why did I I didn't watch any what why would Shaquille I didn't do anything nothing happened with Shaquille O'Neal this week See, this is what I'm talking about. My podcast is... uh, (laughs) I'm all over the place. Yeah. So my fifth grade teacher, she taught Shaquille O'Neal. And I know this because one day um, she showed us a yearbook. And it's going to sound really fucked up, but the yearbook photos were all just regular headshots, yearbook headshots. And, you know, you're scrolling through, you're scrolling through, and everything looks normal. And then there's this big fucking head on this one. Page. It's not even like an average size, but it's almost like, it's almost like this kid took the yearbook photo, like three inches in front of the lens, instead of sitting back on the stool. Cause his head was freaking massive. It was just a big, big head. And, uh, his name was Shaquille O'Neal. Shaquille O'Neal's dad was in the military. I think was in the army. And, uh, when we lived in Italy, Um, Or like when you go to school in most Department of Defense schools, your teachers are normally teachers that probably have taught at other military bases. Um, So, yeah, she she taught Shaq. So that's kind of cool. Shaquille O'Neal and I had the same fifth grade teacher. So if you were looking for other. Reasons to be convinced that I am way cooler than most people, you know, that's that's one of them. So. And yes, 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 yes. I know. Before anybody messages me or or texts me and tells me, "Hey, I just listened to your uh, your podcast," or "Fuck, I just listened to your episode," and uh, you said you were scrolling through the yearbook. You couldn't do that because when you were in the fifth grade, they didn't have online yearbooks. I get it. I made a mistake. I flipped the pages of my yearbook. Oh. <laughs> uh. Yo, yearbooks were pretty dope. Do people still get yearbooks? I, I I, remember I used to have a yearbook for every year that I was in school. And I'm looking around my house, or I'm thinking about my house right now, and I don't think I have a yearbook in this house. I don't think my kids have yearbooks. I don't know if they care. I used to love yearbook. Yearbook Signing Day? Oh, God. You guys remember, you guys remember Yearbook Signing Day? Where you'd get this little message on the... Uh, on the morning news or whatever, when the little thing goes ding-dong. Hello, Aviano Saints. I'm Charlotte so-and-so, and I would just like to remind you that Friday is yearbook signing day. You remember that? Please, during seventh period, meet in the gym and sign your friend's yearbooks. Blah, 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 blah. I used to love it. I used to sign people's yearbooks, try to make some jokes, you know, write down funny things that they'll remember forever. I used to take people's yearbooks and I used to turn it sideways and I'd open it to the back where the bind was and I would sign cows go moo, ducks go quack. I'm the first to sign your crack. Because <laughs> in the 90s, that was great A humor. Now, I don't know. Now, somehow that's sexually harassing and fucked up, but Not in the 90s. Man, I miss the 90s. Back when everything was funny and nothing was hurtful. (laughs) And I was an idiot, too, because I used yearbook signing day as my opportunity to finally tell those girls how I felt about them. This was my last-ditch effort to shoot my shot, to make sure that these girls knew that Jeremiah... Was there the entire year. And they overlooked me. I mean granted I didn't say one word to them. Because I was fucking terrified. But they still. They still overlooked me. So in 10 years when they're out there wondering where all the good men are. They need to go back. To that 8th grade yearbook. Turn to page 64. Run their eyes down to G's. Find my name look for the curly haired dude with the bottle cap glasses and read about how much I loved him and how they missed out on a future podcaster. Yep. That's what they need to do. All right, Jeremiah, you're an idiot. Seriously, to all those girls out there who have read some weird shit in their yearbooks from creeps like me, Let me just take a couple seconds to apologize on behalf of my gender. Um, I would say that we know not what we do, but we know wholeheartedly that we're pieces of shit and don't know how to treat women the right way. Talking to women is hard, and we don't know what the fuck we're doing. But in an effort of being fair and honest, you guys also don't know a good thing when you see it, so please check your yearbooks. Guys like me have been around the whole time. (laughs) Oh, I'm just kidding. Kinda. In other news, I uh, just uh, happened to click on my analytics for this podcast, and turns out 57% of my listeners are female, so please ignore that last little bit about how women don't know a good thing when they see it, because... You guys are the ones that are holding this podcast together. And I'd like to think you know a good thing when you hear it. Oh, God, did I just bash the main support system I have? I should have known that women were the ones tuning in. Guys, me and guys don't get along. They don't see eye to eye with me. I don't know why. I mean, I guess I get along with a lot of guys, but for the most part, I've, I've bonded with women more. Maybe it's because I grew up with a sister or real good relationship with my mom. I've even been told that I'm like the girl in a relationship. I don't know if that's a compliment or not. I like to think it is. I'm the one that likes to, well, not anymore, but I used to, I used to send some novels. I had to let you know how I felt, girl. I had to text you, had to message you. You needed to know I was thinking of you if you didn't respond in a minute <laughs> there was a problem something was wrong and i needed to fix it can't remember can't remember too many i mean i got like the same group of guys that i really connect with you know i got some i got some really solid dudes in my life that you know we we you know crew thick you know we through thick and thin can't nobody fuck with us type of deal. But for the most part, I think I have a lot more genuine relationships with women. You know, they're, they're actually, I feel like they're more my friend. I connect with them easier, I think. And if I knew why, I feel, I, I don't know. I don't know if I want to know why. Because I'll probably fuck it up somehow. <laughs> I wonder if it's because Guys are always trying to figure out what angle other guys have on them. And I don't think I'm looking for that when I meet a girl. When a a girl stops me somewhere and says, hey, what's up? I got this question. It might really be a question. When a dude stops me and goes, hey, what's up? I got a question. I'm trying to figure out how they're trying to fuck with me right now. Why is he stopping me? What's going on? Is he setting me up? Who's around? Who's around? But you don't feel that way when when you meet women. When when you just you know women don't stop you on aisle 5 and try to set you up. With what? Almost jack me for my coupons. Like that's not something girls do. But dudes are ruthless. They see something that's a threat to them and they will go above and beyond to try to prove to themselves that that's not a threat i mean i I mean i i've been there seriously You, you can't even make eye contact with people in public without their significant other thinking you're trying to take it i used to just avoid eye contact with women when i was walking in stores when i knew they were walking with their husbands or their their boyfriends because i didn't want the I didn't want to cause those problems. And then I said, you know what? That's not my fucking problem. That's his problem. I'm not coming after your chick. It's 2023. I'm trying to buy eggs, bro. I don't want her. Yolk's on you. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I tried very hard to work in an egg joke there. You're welcome. Oh, speaking of guys. Oh my gosh! Listen, I live in Idaho. It's the egos of dudes. This is a two A state. This is a this is the Wild West, gun toting pistol smoking I mean, it's they're everywhere. I think the stat at one point was, what one in every four people carry a pistol in Idaho. I mean, it's it's our way of life out here. So, you know, whether you're pro guns or non-pro guns, that's not what this is about. My point is, is they're here. Most people you see walking around in Idaho have it. And uh, so this isn't necessarily the place where you need to flex on someone with your pocket knife. You know, I'm I'm at a store just sitting around waiting for, I think I was waiting for my daughter to get done looking at something or whatever. I'm off to the side. We were probably, we were probably shopping for some things that I just want to pay for. I don't want to be involved in the purchase. (laughs) I don't want to, I don't want to be involved in the picking of the fabric or the, you, you get what I'm saying? My kids are of the age where buy what you need, buy what you want. My input doesn't matter. That's for you. I just have the wallet. Um, my, My point is I'm sitting there and I'm off to myself, just waiting, just standing there. And this guy walks by, you know, and I just see him. He's just a dude. He walks by. Okay, cool. A guy walks by and he walks by again. Well, after someone passes you two or three times, you notice. So I just, I look at him and he stops. He makes eye contact with me and he makes it a point to to adjust his knife and I said okay whatever and then he walks off and then I sat there for a minute and I thought did this guy really try to intimidate me with his pocket knife I guess it's not a pocket knife it was it's a it's not a pocket knife it's a knife it's a actual like blade you know a few inches but I just couldn't get over the I couldn't get over the fact that a as someone would, in Idaho, think that that was a, a way to intimidate me. I mean, it's not smart. We have to think about where we are. 99% of the time that you see me, I'm not alone. And it's my right to not be alone. And I exercise that right. And I'll continue to exercise that right as long as I have it, as long as... As long as that is something that I legally am allowed to do, I will do it. And now look, I'm, I'm not saying any of that bothered me. It takes a lot more than some old man that looked me in my eyes and adjust his knife to upset me. I'll walk away. I'm responsible enough to know that I don't need to be a cowboy. I'm just trying to make sure that people out there understand that this, I don't know, is not the behavior you need to display in public settings in states where people are more equipped than you are This got weird, didn't it? <laughs> you know what fuck it, it <laughs> wrong wrong podcast I'll uh oh hold on, yeah, come in yeah, what do you got waffles? you made me waffles mm-hmm. yeah. oh then they're shaped like hearts i didn't know if you wanted better or not so i mean they're 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 not like not buttery but. you made me hearts that are made of waffles good. Mm, these are good That's um good job. these are delicious but can you do me a favor uh-huh. because they, they're drying out my mouth <laughs> <laughs> can can you uh can you go put butter on these (laughs) (laughs) you're the best thank you thank you love you um yeah sorry my daughter my daughter made me some waffles and they're in the shape of hearts and they're good but there's there's no butter on them so uh mouth is dry but they are good. Guess that's her telling me that I'm spending too much time in here recording and I need to go out there and be a parent and eat her waffles. (laughs) So I'm probably going to have to wrap this up really quickly here. Anyway, where was I? Oh, what I'm trying to tell you is that people just need to pump the brakes, take deep breaths, and remember where they are and what what is around and find different ways to intimidate people is i guess all i'm asking i don't i don't want these problems you know is it my face is it me maybe it's me maybe it's my face cuz i i'm telling you these stories about people trying to intimidate me and people staring at me and I mean, I'll be honest with you, not too many people are tapping me on the shoulders and stopping me out in the in public and asking me what my issues are. Like, I, I carry myself in a way where I don't get too much of that, but I see it. I see it from afar. I see people looking. I see people talking, whispering. You know, I know it's not right, and I'm trying to figure out why. I'm a good dude that's trying to do good things, and I'm starting to think it's me. I bet it is me. It's my fucking face, huh? If you know me personally, can you message me or text me and say, hey, bro, it's your face? I even got different haircut. I did. I cut my face different. I have hair now. I don't shave my head anymore. I mean, is it me? What a way to end a podcast. I'm, uh, I'm really self-conscious right now. I need to look myself in the mirror and see if I'd see if I'd talk shit to me (laughs) all right anyway that's the podcast I appreciate y'all sticking through um I appreciate y'all coming back thank you to everybody who's rated the podcast thank you to everybody who's left a review for the podcast I'd encourage you all to keep rating keep reviewing uh, keep listening keep sharing keep commenting keep doing everything you're doing because it's it's amazing And it's extremely motivating. And I can't thank you guys enough. So until next week, I'm going to go do a little bit of soul searching, try to fix my face, (laughs) try to make the world a better place. (laughs) Anyway, guys, this was kind of kidding. I'm the Jeremiah. And I love y'all.